Do you feel like you're the only young person who cares about your Catholic faith? Do you look around at mass and only see silver foxes? We're Jake and Kathy, a young adult married couple, and we're here to tell you, you're not alone. That's why it's time to get Truth Pops. You're going to get a podcast designed specifically for you, a young adult Catholic in a pop culture world. The countdown is on for Truth Pop. We'll connect Christ into culture. Welcome back, film fans and pop culture fans, to a brand new episode of Quality Check Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me across the internet, as always, Drew Douglas. I'm here. I'm ready. You're here and ready because it's a new month, or at least we're creeping up on a new month. It's weird to think that the first quarter of 2021 is gone. What are your thoughts about it so far? Man, time goes by fast. You know (laughs) what I mean? Like this past year seemingly dragged on and then went by super fast at the same time. Yeah. Someone said something to me recently, and I thought that was interesting, where it seems the days drag by, but the weeks are just flying by. So days are long, weeks are short. Oh, that kind of makes sense. I feel like we're getting back into more normal territory in terms of you know, we have theaters kind of reopening. We have new movies. I'm, we're seeing a lot of new previews for movies. So in, in certain um, aspects, it's starting to feel a little more normal, though what our new normal is, who knows? We're going to find out. Well, and speaking of that, it's interesting because you've got dose one. I've got dose one of the vaccination. We're going to be in this stage. Actually, for you, what, in four Four weeks, you'll be fully inoculated. Is that right? Mm-hmm. As of uh, today, recording day, I get my shot next week, my oh. second one. And I'm kind of nervous because it's that second one that could hit you. I have no idea what to expect. Well, you got Pfizer, right? The Pfizer vaccination? Yeah. I, I got that as well. And they told me going in that I should be prepared. I actually took a day off work and I was okay. But the day that I took was after the shot because they kept warning me, you better get ready for severe reaction. I just had a sore arm and that was it. Why would they tell you that though? Because I had it. I Hmm. had the virus and I just got out of my 90 day. Uh, I, I technically got the shot on day 92 and of that window. So I was 90 days, 92 days after having the virus or of when my symptoms were cleared. So once I got the vaccination, um, they just said that technically with this round, they've heard of more, um, I guess, patients who have reacted poorly to the first dose who have had the va- who have had the virus, and then those who have not had the virus react more harshly in the second dose. Yeah, I hope not. Do you are okay with dose one, right? Yeah, I haven't had any issues. I, you know, like you said, sore arm, but that's with any shot usually. Yeah, but I don't know. I haven't had any problems whatsoever. Well, it's it's good because, like you said, we are getting back to where things are. It appears to be starting to look a little more 
optimistic. I mean, right before recording, I ended up getting an email from Regal and now they're announcing, they have announced, but now they're rolling out their plan for reopening the theaters. We've got a lot of new grounds to cover for pop culture. So let's go ahead and dive right into that. We are going to discuss April Pickums. That is where Drew and I will pick three things coming out in the month of April that we're excited to share with you. It could be movies, TV, anything that fits in the pop culture realm. But we are going to do, before that, a quick recap on our March pickums, And we will talk about a biggie as well. Before we get to that big one, Drew, were there any recaps that you wanted to do on your March picks that you have? Because we did five last month. There's one I want to bring up, and it's Godzilla v. Kong, because Ooh. we're recording one day before it hits streaming in theaters. I'm so stoked for this movie. Are, like I think about it every single day. It's going to be awesome. The reviews are pretty good so far. We definitely undershot when we did our <laughs> Rotten Tomato score prediction. Yeah, it's kind of bad because on the uh, return of the Rotten Tomatoes, I ended up going very conservative. But, uh, you know, as I told someone recently, I think, weirdly enough, this is a movie that we need right now because just seeing these two monsters punch and kick and bite their way out of this entire brawl. I'm pumped. I've heard I heard one critic describe this movie as a barroom brawl and I'm ready for it. I'm I'm stoked. I like that uh in I think it was just like a quote headline or something but Alexander Skarsgård who was in the movie he said it's nice, you know, knowing that myself and the other actors in the movie like people are not going to the movie to see me or us, they're they're wanting to see Godzilla and Kong, which is interesting because <laughs> um, he's actually one of the people that I'm really looking forward to seeing in this mm-hmm. movie. So that's not entirely true, but I get what he's saying. Yeah, there's it's interesting because seeing Godzilla and Kong and their battle with each other, I love that it's a lot like what he says, but I'm kind of seeing a lot of those actors in this as being kind of a bonus. But I am excited to see just the movie overall. Um, I have a feeling this could be a first for HBO Max where it's day and day and date release for theaters and streaming. I'm going to say right now, I will probably see this three times at home. Man, this is making a killing overseas too. 122 yeah. over the weekend. I would imagine it does pretty well here in the US, even though things aren't fully up and running again. But we're kind of getting to that point where people are at least have one dose like we've talked about and are feeling more comfortable. I still, you know, even if I had my second dose now, I don't know if I'd be rushing back to the theaters, but I'm getting close. Mm -hmm. Man, I can't wait for this movie. I rewatched all the MonsterVerse films to get ready for this. They're up and down, and we'll talk about this more. I would imagine we'll cover this movie next week. Um, but they, I think they vary in quality, but there's something fascinating about every single one of them that, and that I, I, I just enjoy them to one degree or another. Yeah, that's a fair way of describing them. I would agree with that. Now, did, were there any others that you wanted to talk about for your picks of last month? Well, we haven't really talked about Zack Snyder's Justice League, which is... Arguably the biggest movie of March 
or and I would the say year. the year so yeah. far. I know it's only three months into it. I haven't really talked to you about that. Before we do it, Rotten Tomato score predictions. <laughs> you said forty percent. I said yes. sixty-two. <laughs> uh, you had you had heartbreak for Zack Snyder. Two sixty-nine, two hundred sixty-nine reviews on Rotten Tomato. Seventy-two percent. You get that hundred bucks. I get that. I thought it was a thousand. Uh, so I would say overall, people like this movie. Did you like yeah. this movie? I did. The uh, the thing is with seeing this movie, it was interesting because the weekend, and I've been really tempted to to try to pry and ask you more questions because not only with your thoughts on the movie, but also DCEU in terms of do you think, you know, what, what do you think could be next for the DC films or the Snyderverse? And I know even though they're saying that it's not possible, I still think it is. Um, I think they're just trying to shut it down. But um, I, I really liked it. I liked it much better than the original theater version. Um, one thing, one complaint that I did hear is that it seems as if most of it is in slow-mo, like half the movie's in slow-mo. I didn't really feel that way about it, but I totally understand because going back, there were a couple of scenes I did rewatch, like you had brought that up as well. I did go back and rewatch a couple of those uh, scenes and I dug it all around. And I think that it was definitely a great move on the behalf of Warner Brothers, of DC, and also HBO Max. I think not only is this something that it allows us to see the movie that could have been, but perhaps it also allows us to see the biggest mistake that Warner Brothers slash DC ever made and not and, and basically rushing it through and not allowing the Snyder version to really see the light of day until now. It's just so frustrating. Uh, somebody did break down the slow-mo, by, by the way. It, uh, so the movie's four hours, and they said uh, 24 minutes, seven seconds is slow-mo, so about 10% oh. of the film. <laughs> I didn't really notice it. That's kind of a Snyder thing anyway. Mm-hmm. And then we have The Flash doing his thing. I, I guess I didn't really... That wasn't one of my arguments against this film, though I do think it is way too long. Sure, yeah. Well, and that that is my... If, if I had to boil it down, because it's like, I really can't complain that much about this movie, nor do I really like have a, a, a reason to, to do that. But ultimately, it is really tough to watch. It's because the first time I sat down, I kept getting bothered, and I kept like having to start and stop it. And I thought, screw it. I, I I can't watch a movie when I'm bothered. That's one of my biggest pet peeves. I like to be uninterrupted and not have to get up or really divert my attention. So then I stopped it and then I started it and the same thing happened. I'm like, what's going on? I can't watch this movie any other way. So unfortunately, I had to watch the movie in parts. And then I ended up doing part one, then part two and three and four and then I finished it out. I've seen this basically two two times at this point. I watched it in one sitting the first time and then rewatched the bulk of it again. There's a lot of stuff. Man, I cannot get into the Amazonian Themyscira stuff. Ooh. So that's like an automatic fast forward for me. <laughs> it just, it bores me to tears. And if they do a third movie and it's set there, I'm going to die. Because I just, <laughs> I can't get into that. So I, I didn't have really 
any interruptions with my viewings, which which was nice. I have two big issues with this movie. One we talked about, the length is just, it's too long. He did this with Watchmen. There's three versions. We have the normal, theatrical, we have the director's cut, and then I think it's called the ultimate cut. And it's that middle version, the director's cut, that is just absolutely perfect in my opinion. And this needs that. They need to shave like 45 minutes out of this film. And I think it's, because it's, as is, it's a million times better than whatever garbage <laughs> Whedon put out. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's missing that middle version, in my opinion. There's scenes that were introduced to Aquaman. It's a great scene with Ben Affleck. And then Aquaman swims away and they sing a song for like two minutes. I'm like, how long is this thing going to freaking go on for? That's, <laughs> that's where like scenes just drag on for like one or two minutes more. Yeah. That was my biggest complaint. Yeah, my other massive complaint is WB spends all this money to fix this film. They do fix it. People like it. Yet they won't acknowledge that this is just, they won't even say that this is canon to whatever the DCEU mm-hmm. is. So ultimately, I'm like, this is the most pointless thing imaginable. And it's so frustrating that they won't embrace it more. It's like, why would you do it if you're not going to embrace it and people want it? Yeah, I don't understand that. And that's that's my frustration part where I'm like, it sets up the nightmare scenes, which we got in, in Batman v Superman. They reshot something with skinny Ben Affleck for the end of this film with Martian <laughs> Manhunter, which is cool. But again, but it, it, it teases stuff that we'll never see. Yeah. And I just, it ended and I was just like, what, what is the point? What is the point in the four hours I just spent other than WB basically spend all this money to admit that they were morons. And then now (laughs) they're doing moronic things again. (laughs) Do you think that you'll end up watching the justice is gray version of the film uh, before watching the color version? Because a week later they ended up putting the black and white version on HBO. I would be intrigued by it. And apparently I think some of the Joker stuff at the end is different. So I would like to wow. see that, but I'm not rushing to watch um, a four hour film again. I mean, this is not a movie that you're just like, Hey, let's watch Zack Snyder's justice league tonight. Like you just, it's hard to, and I love, you know, we love long stuff, but mm-hmm. you got, there comes to a point where you got to like kill your darlings and they got to mm-hmm. trim this up a little bit. I get the feeling here that it may be one of those that Snyder just wanted to put this out there and give the fans who have been wanting this all of the meat at first so they could chew on this for as long as they want. And it makes me wonder if he will release a trimmed down version of this down the road. Mm -hmm. It did feel like he's, he's like, this is literally everything we shot Mm -hmm. and it's for you to consume, which is fine. Because, uh, uh, like I said, it is a million times better than the 2017 film. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird because it is the same movie. It's fundamentally the same thing story-wise, yet it feels so drastically different. I like Ben Affleck a lot better in this one, I think. Yeah. He's definitely, I hate to say trying more, but he is. He's obviously trying with Zack Snyder. Uh, I don't think the cast was in it when Whedon wanted the reshoots and they did it. It just, mm-hmm. it didn't feel right. I, th- I think the cyborg stuff is fantastic. I like a lot of the Flash stuff. His introduction with Iris West, like saving her. I, I've watched that dozens of times. because I just think it's so cool. 
you may only like the hot dogs when he grabs that and then he's giving it to the little dogs. <laughs> it was funny because he reaches for the hot dog and I'm like, this is so stupid. And then it has the payoff and I was like, this is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever that happened, yeah, I was like, what? What? Okay, Zack Snyder, what's happening? And then later, whenever that popped up, I'm like, okay, I, I, I'm, I can forgive that. <laughs> it's so great too, because Ezra has this look on his face and he's like a child that is just having the best time. And that's what I think has been missing from some of these DCEU movies mm. is you have powers and you are so down about it and sad. If I had the, <laughs> the Flash's ability or Superman's, I would be living my best life because yeah. the possibilities would be like infinite. Yeah. So, which is a reason why something like Shazam is fun too, because you're embracing being the superhero. And the other thing, it would give another reason to have flash powers just so you can end up downing a large pizza as well, just like what he was doing when he was riding along with Batman. There's a couple moments in this film that I would have bet my entire savings were a Joss Whedon gag and the 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 snack hole gag or whatever when he's with Bruce Wayne. I, I would have assumed that was Whedon and it was in this and I about fell over. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I can't believe that was in the original version. There, Yeah, I agree. There were several. However, there were a couple of times too, like, oh, yep, of course, that was a Whedon thing. But it was funny. Someone did say, you can tell the how this was thought out because the best parts of the original were Snyder. I'm like, that's 100% true. Oh, it's, it's completely true. Anything stupid that was in that original version is gone. It is unreal to think these two movies are the same. And get this, you'll love this. And I've been waiting to tell you this until we recorded. My girlfriend literally thought this was a brand new Justice League. I mean, that's that's both amazing and then awful. <laughs> she kept, in the very beginning, and, and this was like the first time watching it where I had to pause it. But she kept asking me multiple questions about it. And I, I got to a point where I was like, I can't. I just, I plead the fifth. Please stop. I can't a answer anything right now because I'm being distracted from this holy version of Zack Snyder. So I can't, I just can't. And then, of course, I ended up stopping it nonetheless. And we, we had to pause it. I, she continued, but I had to stop it. So uh, it's mm. unbelievable. I wonder how many... Casual viewers, though, think that this is a completely different version because it feels like it. Even the opening to this is so incredibly different than what we got with the cell phone selfie with S Superman mm, and God, he looks Justice so, League. He looks so awful. <laughs> I love the, the 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 main core ending to this is basically the same, but it's different because it has the, the Silas Stone narration. And I just mm -hmm. thought that was so cool. I love all the cyborg stuff. I just... I really, they said he was the heart and soul of this way back when. And then and that's what Snyder said. And I, I think he's, I think he's accurate when he says mm -hmm. that he's, he's kind of like the glue that holds this together. In my opinion, I, gosh, I know Ray Fisher has like this, he's, he's at war with WB and a lot of these people, but I would be super into either a cyborg solo film or him in the flash one. Um, which we know is not going to happen anymore, the, him being in the Flash film. So that's disappointing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think we'll ever see Fisher again, which is which is disappointing. It is. I think I just said that like 40 times, but it sucks. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I know when the Justice League came out, 
I thought even though his character was way watered down, I still wanted to see a solo outing with him. I think that there's enough there with the character and that's just proved it. I think it's cool too that, you know, the tunnel scene is basically the same thing, but for some reason in the uh, Snyder version, it just, there's no other way to describe it other than it just feels a little more badass. Yeah. And I watched that several times. I'm like something, it just feels way cooler than that Whedon version. Do you think, so Snyder said he's, he's kind of tempted to, to watch that 2017 version, do you, which I don't think is a good idea. Or maybe no. it is because people have kind of realized how bad that is compared to this. <laughs> but I wonder if Whedon has watched this new version. Ooh, that's a good question. Because Whedon, I think Whedon's an idiot. And I've said that prior to all these weird allegations about him, which may or may not be true. But he was in a bad spot. It's yeah. as bad as that movie is. And I don't think the 2017 is as bad as some people think or believe. Um, to, to be forced to go rewrite stuff and reshoot a huge, massive portion of a blockbuster that's supposed to continue this massive franchise, you're in a bad spot. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to blame him, though. All his stuff in it just really kind of blows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because through his pickups basically it's just a it's it's unfortunate because i can't imagine being in his place because it does seem like it would be a losing battle but why do it yeah like what was his motivation because that's just that's a landmine it's i i wouldn't want to i don't know maybe you see that as an opportunity to because he was originally going to be doing this batgirl film mm -hmm. and i don't even think that's happening anymore oh yeah i feel like that's going i feel like they're doing something with hbo max with that yeah i'm releasing it as like a series or maybe the limited run series I, like I think they are i think they're doing movies for the streaming service exclusively as well i don't know who knows okay. what they're doing at this point but it's yeah, i am it's, looking forward to um some of these other dc films coming up we know black adam is either shooting now or about to mm -hmm. Because they finally revealed the release date. Flash is shooting in a couple of weeks, so I feel like we're we're moving forward, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. I just wish, I, I do think at some point they're going to cave, and and Snyder's going to be involved at some point in the future. Mm -hmm. I I see that as well. And now, what do you think, though? Your predictions for two people in returning. You talked about Ray Fisher. What is your prediction? your odds on Ben Affleck returning for the role of Bruce Wayne and Batman. You mean outside of the Flash movie? Mm-hmm. Because he is in that. Um, probably pretty low. But I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to some sort of like six to eight episode HBO Max series, which has been rumored. That would rule. Like him and him him versus Deathstroke, something along those lines. And you flesh it out a little bit. He always said he couldn't hack the uh, the original Batman script that he was working on. Maybe they can find a way to do that and flesh it out a little bit. Which makes me wonder, what was that? What was it that he couldn't like go through with it? I wonder. I think he. I think you know, with the constant pressure of people ripping your films, it just got to a point where he just, no matter what he wrote, he probably didn't feel like it was good enough. Yeah, I think this offers a little validation. It should 
for everyone involved. Uh, I don't know. We don't need to get into it now, but Snyder, basically the plots of t- movies two and three have been released online. I don't know if you have read those yet. Not, I have not. It's interesting to, to see where it goes and then where it ends. Um, it's different. It sounds like Snyder had a, a very clear vision of what he wanted, and it's a shame that we probably won't ever see it. Hmm. Yeah, that stinks. Because after watching the Snyder Cut, I would 100% be down for more of these. That's for I sure. Know. And it's so evident that he had an idea. And if you would have just trusted it, stop listening to the critics, uh, just let somebody do what you pay them to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, we wouldn't be where we are today. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's weird. This always happens. They always green light these films and then rip them during and uh, after they're shot. And I don't understand why you're green lighting scripts when you're going to behave that way when it's shot. Yeah. And, and then, as you got to imagine, remember Whedon came in to do all the reshoots and take over, and the movie was coming out like ten months later. Yeah, maybe even less. It's just like, what are you, what are y'all doing? You're wasting money. Yeah, that's that's definitely a uh, cold feet situation. That it's multiple hands involved, and it's really unfortunate. That's definitely a casualty of the studio, basically. All right, well, let's now move on from talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League to our April picks. Let's go ahead and start with the third and work our way up. Once again, these are things that are coming out in the month of April. We're going to do three for this month. Uh, Three things that we're excited about. We want to share that love with you. Drew, what do you have starting with your third pick? I have five things. I'm going to narrow this down to three on the spot. Oh, I thought you were going to say you were doing five total. I'm like, oh crap! <laughs> oh no, no, no! I mean, I could, but I, I won't do that. I won't. I won't make you suffer. My <laughs> number three is going to be my wild card. I haven't even seen a full preview for this. I saw a little something, and then I kind of turned away. It's a upcoming Netflix film called Stowaway. Ooh, starring Anna Kendrick. It's about a a crew, a spaceship crew, heading to Mars. And they discover a stowaway shortly after takeoff. And they're in a predicament because they're far along in their journey. They can't turn back, but they only have resources for however many people they have. And it looks like a good movie, I will say. Does it look good? It's directed by Joe Penna, who did Arctic with Mads Mikkelsen. Have you seen that? No, I've all, I've wanted to. That's on my, that's high on my list, but I've not seen it yet. That's, that's how it is with me, too, because I, I watched another round the other day with Mads in it. And I was like, God, I gotta, I gotta watch. Uh, it's really good. It's really good. He's incredible in it. And I was like, I need to watch more of his movies. Arctic is on Stars now, so it's it's in my queue. Um, and and uh, we'll see how this goes. I don't really. Again, I haven't seen a preview. I have no idea if it looks good, but we're gonna find out. That comes out. Uh, looks like April twenty second. And that, and that's something that with seeing the trailer. Uh, pop up of course netflix releasing their trailers just like weeks before a movie or show drops i you know the very beginning it's interesting it looks good the beginning had me the second half i'm like hmm is this going to be familiar territory too familiar so that's why i left it off my list but otherwise this is an exciting movie to be looking forward to that's for sure especially with anna kendrick in space yeah, has she been to space before? No, this is the first time. So that'll be worth watching just for that. 
the last um, space movie, The Midnight Sky, that came out on Netflix, not good. So hopefully this is better. <laughs> Did you ever watch that? Yeah, I ended up watching about half of it. And I sadly, I ended up stopping it because it was like, got really late. And then I never had a desire to finish it, sadly. Did you get to any of the flashback scenes? Uh, the first, and that was okay. it. It's weird. We have a, a completely different actor, obviously, than George Clooney playing George Clooney, and yet we're using George Clooney's voice. It was one of the most distracting, <laughs> head-scratching decisions I've ever seen in a film. Uh, it was so good because it was George Clooney's decision to do that, too. Apparently, it was a stupid one, though. Not a good movie. <laughs> Sorry. What's That's your number awesome. three? Well... Talking about things that it, it kind of makes me worried. Uh, I decided to include this as I text you about an hour, two or two hours before recording uh, tonight. I thought, all right, here's a wild card. I did have music as my number three and I bumped it down. And instead I'm going with the pick that's coming out on April 1st on Shudder. Ooh. Yeah. It's season two of Creepshow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Why are you not waiting until October? I don't, I don't know. It makes me kind of anxious um, in both a good way and a bad way. The The good is that, oh, this is awesome. It's dropping sooner. The bad is like, is there a reason why they're dropping it so soon? And they're just like rushing it out instead of waiting. Maybe they're going to try to have like a third season come out around October. That'd be awesome if they did. But this is, this is so cool. I was going to send you the trailer, but I came across this and they just released it today. They bumped it up, the release date, not, they've got nine different stories that they're going to be uh, telling. And it um, stars a lot of really great actors this time around, including uh, Keith David. Actually, mm -hmm. let, let me see if I can pull up the list here because there are some really great names um, Keith David's attached to it and he is throughout pretty much the very uh, beginning. Uh, let me see here. Dang it. For some reason, I can't, I can't find it, but, um, well, we, we got Justin Long in one of these episodes yeah. and then, um, uh, Molly Ringwald who the last time I've seen her was on, um, it's a Riverdale. Riverdale. Yeah. So the last time I've seen her was on a Riverdale and she was awful. Oh, like she forgot to act somehow. You know, with Shutter, I don't I don't pay attention enough to it. Maybe they don't have a lot of new content, so they, you know, any any chance you get to kind of have something that people are going to be tuned into, you just release it, which would make sense. Yeah, and it's one of those that it makes me I, I'm a mixed bag with season one because there were a few good episodes, or I should say, there are a few good stories. And then there were a few that were just like, skip it. It was not good. But I will definitely be binging this all at once. But it makes me kind of wonder for these new episodes, since it's I'm coming into this like pretty soon after um, finding out this information, it makes me wonder if King will end up writing any or his son will end up writing any from uh, for season two. Because um, I want to say Joe Hill, Stephen King's son, he had a, a pretty good uh, episode or story in season one. But um, this is uh, this is a show that I know you're working your way through. Are you afraid of the dark? This is mm -hmm. could be like an adult version of it. 
And there's enough to Creep Show season one where it's just cheesy. Sometimes it's okay, and sometimes it's just not. So it makes me worried that season two could be more of the same. I'm hoping that they improved on some of that. But shooting during, obviously, the pandemic makes me wonder, what is that going to look like? I got some news. Uh-oh. No, this is good news. It's okay. already, it, it, It's got two seasons, so this new one, season three, has already been picked up. They oh. filmed them back-to-back. Oh, season one and two. No, season two and three. Oh, interesting. This says they started last March shooting the second season. It was shut down after one day because of the pandemic. They eventually started in February, restarted, and they had enough scripts written that they did back-to-back seasons. So I bet we do get something around Halloween time. That would be that would rule. That would make a lot of sense. And I do think that there's enough here that it would be worth trying Shudder. There's it, it's hard for me to say, for example, I made a list of the season one episodes that I would recommend, and then the others you could just skip since it's an anthology series. I wonder if it will be the same for this season, but I may end up finding a weekend and getting a nice large pizza and binging my way through season two. So I still haven't seen it. As you mentioned, I, I am re-watching um, Are You Afraid of the Dark from when I was a kid, the 90s. I, I actually restarted, not restarted, I actually started the revival version from last year as Ooh. well. And you know what I ordered the other day? Uh, it's only on DVD, which kind of blows, but it's I ordered the complete Tales from the Crypt series. Oh, love. Which is basically this, I would imagine. So yeah. I, I'm super stoked to watch that again because that was something I remember kind of from as a kid, but I wasn't really allowed to watch it because mm-hmm. it was HBO and I'm sure it's filled with all sorts of nasty stuff. Yeah. But I'm pretty <laughs> I'm pretty stoked to watch that again. That's really cool. Well, once especially once you start working your way through it, I've wanted to see um, Tales from the Crypt released on HBO Max, and that they—I know—I don't know why they're not doing it. They, they should also do like a revived TV show because I remember there were some awesome episodes. Well, I remember TNT was working on a, a revamped version with M Night Shyamalan, and for some reason it stopped. Oh, you're like, they right. They just—they didn't move forward with it for whatever reason. So maybe at some point we can get that. I do wonder why it's not on HBO Max. Must be a rights issue. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm I'm curious. I had to do some digging, but who produced it? Like the studio that was behind him. I thought it was HBO. Um, That would rule if they eventually work it out and put it on HBO Max. So I got that. And then on Stars, they have uh, both Tales from the Crypt movies, Bordello of Blood and Demon Knight. So I'm just... I'm like in the horror film mood, the horror mood, I should say, and it's it's not even April yet. <laughs> Speaking of horror anthology, my number two is kind of a wild card as well because this could be good. It could be what some are claiming to be a Jordan Peele rip. It's uh, Amazon Prime's Them mm. Covenant, I guess is what it's called, about 1953. Uh, a black family moves from North Carolina to an all-white neighborhood in sunny Los Angeles, California. And things go haywire. It looks like a mixture of Jordan Peele with 
Lovecraft Country, something mm-hmm. along those lines. I don't know a ton about it. I just think the marketing looks very peelish, even though he has nothing to do with it. And then one other interesting note is Ty West directed some of these episodes. He did House of the Devil, um, The Innkeepers, oh. The Sacrament, and uh, Kevin Fever 2, which he does not want his name on, which I think is kind of a fun film. <laughs> yeah. But he did all these horror films. He's been working in TV. His last full-length film was In the Valley of Violence, which was like a Western mm-hmm. with uh, John Travolta and Ethan Hawke, which I didn't think was very good. But I've been you know, waiting for him to jump back into the horror genre. And now we have this to look forward to. He's done. He, I think he directed two or three of these episodes. I, I remember finding the trailer and then sending that to you and saying, I think we got our first Jordan Peele ripoff that's not Jordan Peele. <laughs> I know. And, and you sent that to me and I dismissed it. And then I, I later went back and watched it. And I was like, wow, that actually looks pretty cool. I have no idea what to expect. I So I'm going to call it just wild card number two. I, you know, I agree. I originally had that as my number three and then I bumped it down just because I don't know. It looks good. I'm highly intrigued, but I just can't put my finger on it. And maybe it's a fact of Jordan Peele not being attached to it. That seems very Jordan Peele-like. And it's like, I'm feeling protective of his work for some reason. No, I mean, it it is a little concerning that this is going to lean too hard into into something that he has nothing to do with. mm -hmm. No, it could be great. And I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that it's great. But it does look really interesting, that's for sure. I think it's 10 episodes, which seems like a lot. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to be like a full hour. Like Gosh, the I hope not. Yeah, because that would be concerning. My my thought is, is this going to drag on? Because if they end up doing a uh, too young to die old style, that could <laughs> be Too old to die young. Too, oh, that's, Isn't that what it's called? Too, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's uh, I aged watching that, as did I think everyone else. Even though weirdly, I kind of want to go back and rewatch it. So you finished the whole thing? I did. Holy it, smokes! I I don't think I ever have. I'm like six episodes into it. It's you definitely have to finish it. Um, Which is the, just the the craziest thing is that every episode's like 55 minutes to an hour 10, and then the finale is like 23 minutes. That's <laughs> like. What are you doing? And the second to last episode is an hour and a half. And it is capital F'd up. <laughs> I feel like if I'm if I'm going to rewatch it, I feel like I need to almost, I can't believe I'm going to say this, restart it. I mean. <laughs> it's, it's, been, it's been like, didn't that come out like two years ago? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm looking now. I've, I've only seen the first three episodes. Like I said, weirdly enough, I kind of want to rewatch it. I should not have that feeling, but I do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it looked amazing. Yeah, there there are parts of it that are like really good. But half the time, I just wonder if he's trolling us. Yeah, well, he's got his head so far up his butt. Yeah, it's not good. I, I, I find it interesting that your number two pick is an Amazon pick because my number two is an Amazon pick, but it's not them. Instead... It's Michael B. Jordan's new Tom Clancy without Ooh. remorse movie coming wow, out. Wow, number two. Yeah, you're do. Why you yep. diss on Michael B. Jordan like that? Coming out April. Th- I I saved the top spot for you. I figured that you didn't end up pit- putting him at number one, so I I bumped it down. It looks so good. I love the trailer. It looks so much like a Man on Fire, and 
I love at first seeing him like jump into that car that's on fire. I'm like, cool. Then I rewatched it again. I'm like, oh no, that's not just cool. That's, that's amazing. That's awesome. I know. I I, I immediately was like, I need to do that to somebody. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, who should I do that to? Could you imagine if that's how you end up quitting any job in the future? <laughs> oh man! I, but it would be, it would have to be like the boss's office or something. Oh. My, I was just like, how does he do? How do you do that? I, I don't know. You, you got a death wish if you're doing that because that car could just explode. Yeah, it was it was so awesome. But I was listening to how this ties into the Jack Ryan character and mm-hmm. how I do you think that they're going to merge? Michael B. Jordan, this character into the Jack Ryan universe. I don't know how that works because this is this was a um, a Paramount film that Amazon bought for whatever reason. I I, I guess it was because of the pandemic. Okay, that they purchased it. So I don't know if they can do that, but I would uh, be down for it. Um, I I I think uh, Jack Ryan's a, a a pretty decent to entertaining show. I was I've been rewatching the Jack Ryan films that I haven't seen, which were um, well rewatching them. I guess just in general, I, I've I did the two Harrison Ford films and then some of all fears. It's interesting to see who plays um, Michael B. Jordan's character in those John Clark in those films. Who is it? Well, we got uh, Willem Dafoe in Oh, that's right. Uh, Clear and Present Danger, which is the Harrison Ford Jack Ryan, and then Liev Schreiber is the character in some of all fears, man, well, this movie looks so dope. And that's your number one, I assume, right? Oh yeah. I've watched that trailer like 40 times. Speaking of, I was going to say before we started recording, it was just announced um, tonight that my number one pick has been pushed back, but it's still an April release. It is the, the HBO max release day and date uh, for Theaters and streaming for Mortal Kombat. Goodness gracious. That's you th- your number one? It looks, yeah, it looks like a movie like God, uh, Godzilla versus Kong. It just is going to be fun. And for some reason, I'm basically wanting the action movies right now to look a little bit like a video game. And mm. this is exactly how it's playing out. Uh, the trailer, which is weird, it actually came under quite a bit of like uh, positive feedback. Yeah, and I feel, like, I feel like I was in the minority by saying it looks like garbage. Ooh, garbage that I'm gonna watch. Don't get me wrong, but man, this movie looks terrible. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm ready for something that maybe it's a guilty pleasure. Who knows? But nonetheless, I'm ready for this. So it was pushed back one week to April 23rd. And so why is that? Is it because Kong Godzilla money are, are they worried are you know Probably. trying to milk that a little longer because that's the biggest thing that's going to be in theaters for a while yeah I would assume so because I, I think it's a mix of that plus Black Widow moving back a little bit because originally Black Widow was going to come out on what May 5th or something like that mm-hmm. and now that it's moved to the beginning of July that buys Mortal Kombat a little more time to make some more money and for God, Godzilla and Kong to make more money in theaters as well. So I'm guessing it was just a move to try to capitalize on that and keep those in theaters just as long as they could. Um, because it does seem weirdly that 
uh, Godzilla and Kong is kind of kicking off like the summer movie season and Mortal Kombat's just continuing it. But the, and it's, it is kind of weird though, that Black Widow has been pushed back, especially since that's now being released on Disney. But Hey, I think that Warner brothers, they're just trying to capitalize on that by releasing uh, Mortal Kombat a little bit later. Uh, so they can get a little more of that cash. I think with, the Black Widow, it, the logic is by July, you're going to have a lot of people vaccinated. So you're going to make a killing at home yeah. and in theaters. Uh, I, I still feel like WB's model has been, maybe it's just me because I like it. I, I feel like it's been successful. Yeah. And when Godzilla versus Kong makes an absolute killing at the box office, they're going to look even better. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think that um, both of these movies, Godzilla and then Mortal Kombat, they're going. Both of these will make a lot of money. I I really think that they could be um, the highest of the pandemic releases so far. And granted, it's fitting. I think where more and more people are getting the vaccination, but also it's kind of what people want to see who are going out to the theaters in the first place. They just want to mm. see a big brawl. I mean, I, I I think Godzilla versus Kong is huge. I don't think Mortal Kombat's going to make that's that's. I feel like that's not going to make a lot of money. I could be wrong though. Well, especially as we get closer to it, and if they ramp up marketing and all that stuff. But I don't know. Right now, it's with the Red Band trailer. What Mortal Kombat is up there for, like getting some of the highest views uh, for once the trailer came out online. So. I, you know, I, I think that WB could, like you said, they're looking really smart right now because with their releases, it's putting them at uh, a, a pretty good advantage. That's for sure. There's still plenty of time for this to completely nosedive, but with 142 reviews, and we can finalize this when we cover the movie next week, Godzilla versus Kong, 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. You said... 60 i said 65 no you said 65 i said 54 so um i look like an a-hole oh you look like an a-hole but not as bad (laughs) but again that could that could plummet over the next like week i don't think it will i think if anything it drops to low 70s yeah at the worst well i i love how there's someone who had said something on twitter to us about like why we're hating on Godzilla Kong so much and it's like we're not hating on it we're just predicting that all. yeah and, pre- and King of the Monsters that got like blasted that was yeah. like 30 something percent so I, I figured something along the same lines yeah uh, with Mortal Kombat coming out in a couple weeks let's do Rotten Tomatoes guesses for that that's got to be low I would assume I mean it's going to be a stink fest I, yeah. I'm saying 18 percent 18 yeah I, it, it looks awful to, in my opinion I'm going higher. I'm going to say, let's say 40%. I must be missing something because I've heard a lot of, you know, positive feedback with Mortal Kombat. I guess I was never super attached to the games. I just think this looks cheap. Which is a shame because like James Wan is involved. I don't, I I don't know what, I think he's just a producer, but I like James Wan. I, I don't want this to do bad. Yeah, it's, I'm I'm even tempted to go a little higher with my score because well, go higher if you think so because I'm what? not changing I'm not budging mine mine's eighteen percent so if you want to lock in something higher 
Yeah, let's go. Let's go. I, I feel like it may be in the 60s, but let's go 55. You want to lock that in because I'm going to write it down. Yeah, 55. 55. Because I, I mean, looking at this, is it going to be like revolutionary? Nah, but like having, like you said, James Wan and I, I just, I think that there's a possibility it could be just like a fun, just, it, it'll be a fun movie and I think critics will be like, ah, okay, we can, just like Godzilla and Kong, we can overlook some of the pitfalls and just say that this is a movie that gave us exactly what we expected from this property. During a time when we need it most. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. This looks terrible. I'm still going to watch it on HBO Max, and maybe I'll be surprised. You know, with it being April, we're, we're one step closer to Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Ooh, yeah. We're just inching our way up there. A movie that you predict is going to have 18% on Rotten Tomatoes. By I'm <laughs> you hate you hate Snyder, man. You, you want that guy to fail. Ooh. You know, it's funny. I've been listening to so many interviews, and it's true. Like what I think you had mentioned that he seems you've heard a lot of stories of him just being like such a nice, genuine guy. In those interviews, he seems like it. He seems like such a cool guy. Mm-hmm. Never, and, I never hear anything bad about him. Well, film fans and pop culture fans, that's going to do it for us on this episode. Join us next time when we talk about Godzilla versus King Kong and find out which one really did fall. And until next time, keep watching.